And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Wednesday edition. I'm here with my friend Chris Vaccaro. Yes, you are. Who's okay? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. For I never in. know if you're going to keep going or not. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. And our friend Brandon Marianne Lee. Hi. I'm going to jump in. Uh, yeah, thank you very much <laughs> for reading the cue. You know what? From now on, I'm introducing Brandon first. Oh, that would be great. Yes. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, so, fun show today, and fun uh, fun fact about the show. Vaccaro was complaining, as is tradition. Uh, the, <laughs> I, th- I don't remember how this came up. Brandon, did you like how you got the rundown like at midnight last night? Was that was professional fun. of Nando? <laughs> this is why it's funny. So what we did was Vaccaro complained that uh, he thought it was going to be a super deep show, and if I mentioned Tavon Austin, he'd quit. Mm-hmm. So I created a fake rundown and sent it to him and Brandon, and we have a real rundown that we're actually going to do. <laughs> so I, just... <laughs> I knew it. I, I so knew it was fake. I oh, yeah, so right, knew right. it was fake. That's a good five one. Minutes after, I actually five minutes after you got it. You know what, Nando? I give you credit when you do funny stuff. That was... So just so the listeners at home, I got a rundown late last night. It was like of 20 players that their ADP is like over 300. None of you are drafting <laughs> these guys. It would have been a complete disaster. I said, are we really going to, people are really going to care about talking about these 20 players for an hour? And I said, you know what? This is a Nando. Nando's pulling a joke here. So whatever. Good one. You Good got me. You. But not really. All right. But not really. You know what? Let's consider an early birthday gift to yes. our friend Chris Vaccaro. I go. do want to say, though, he told me that he was going to do this. And still, when I got it, I sh- I gasped when I saw Tavon Austin as the first person. I was like, oh, my. Are we talking about him, really? <laughs> <laughs> he even but told Brandon, me he was going to do, you do see it. How, but do you see how <laughs> far like, he goes <gasps> to get a laugh and a joke? He wrote a rundown for 20 <laughs> no-name know. players. Deontay Foreman. Just I mean, he to get a good- rise out of him. Just to try and get a rise out of me. Like, he actually put in effort for this. Amazing. It, it worked. Beautiful. It was beautiful. All right, let's get to the real. Let's get to the real rundown. Which you, I'm actually surprised you don't read the rundown anyway. So I'm surprised you actually looked at it. But mm. today's show is all about building your bench, and I think this is Chris Vaccaro special in a way. And I I love that Brandon's here too because you two seem to at least for the first couple of shows have differing views on things. Um, and I think it brings up a lot of good little arguments here, friendly arguments um, on how people approach the game. So. Building your bench. After the first seven rounds, how are you building your bench? There's a little bit of strategy. We're going to get in some players uh, who are around, you know, ADPs like 80 to 120 to 140-ish, um, just to get a taste of, of how we're, we're chasing this. But I wanted to lead with, uh, with Vaccaro because we've been talking a lot about the zero RB strategy or even like the bell cow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you're building your team through the first, I'd say, seven rounds. Um, I'm just counting it as quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex. I'm not really doing DSTs and kickers because people pick them last. How do you approach your bench? Here's just a simple general question. 
How do you approach building your bench once the bench stuff starts hitting? After you have your four wide receivers like you like to do, a couple running backs, um, you know, your, your quarterback that you get kind of in the middle, your tight end you get whenever, are you building up a bunch of running backs to make up for the fact that you got, you know, relatively weak ones in the draft? Are you not worrying about that and just going for the best values? Like if someone significant kind of slips, like, oh, well, I've got three wide receivers on my bench, but they're awesome. How do you build your bench if you're going after that specific strategy? Uh, this is a very tough question, Nando, to answer because it's all about what your first seven rounds look like. If I'm a zero RB guy, you know, and, and I'm loaded at wide receiver early, well then, yeah, my bench is going to have a lot of handcuffed running backs. Um, while, whereas, you know, if I waited on quarterback, my quarterback, I might hit two in the middle rounds. So I'll have my, you know, my starter and then like a decent backup that I follow up real quick on right after that. Um, every strategy is different based off of your your beginning build. But to answer your question, when I hit that 8th, ninth, 10th rounds, I'm looking to definitely get one running back with upside value who most likely be my RB3. You know, we're talking the, um, you know, the AJ Dillons of the world, the Damian Harris's of the world. Guys like that that are in that range uh, I definitely want to get one of those in case one of my two bell cows, uh, if that's the build I have, go down and somebody with that upside, you know, uh, built into it. And then, uh, you know, it depends. If I don't go tight end early, if I don't have one of those elite tight ends, the one of the top six guys, well, then, you know, one of those bench guys right there in those mid rounds is going to be a tight end that I try and hit on, those Noah fans, Dallas Goddard's of the world. Uh, so... I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm looking for the value. If one of those, you know, nice receivers, I'm always going to have another receiver too, Nando, probably two of them right after those top seven rounds because the receivers uh, this year in that range, depth-wise, uh, are very solid, and I want to have a nice wide receiver depth chart. Brandon, how do you how do you go about this? Like, I, I know, like, I think you're kind of like me in that we don't really go in with, like, name strategies. We just go in maybe, like, looking for value or building the best team, so... I kind of I mess up my bench a lot, left and right. Like I'm always just kind of like, oh, I love this guy, and then I turn around, and I got four wide receivers. Um, <laughs> how do you do it? Uh, well, you know, if I'm n- not taking running backs early, okay, I just know intellectually that that's where my focus will be for the waiver wire. You can't just go into your draft thinking about today. You have to think about the future, and the reason why the zero RB strategy works in the way that it does is because they're in terms of players who can make a massive impact from the waiver wire nothing beats running backs because if they get the job it is volume and volume is king so it's just you know x equals x that's just the way that it is and and to to really drive that home um this this is the list of the top 10 running backs in week 16 in ppr leagues okay in order Number one, Alvin Kamara. Okay, great. We, we, we all drafted him. That's wonderful. Okay, cool. Then it goes like this. Miles Gaskin, Samaji Pirine, David Johnson, who at that point in the season had been left you know, to dry, Jeff Wilson Jr., got to throw in the junior, respect, A.J. <laughs> Dillon, J.D. McKissick, David Montgomery, Giovanni Bernard, and then at number 10, you have Jonathan Taylor. That is in full point PPR. There is not one dude there... Other than Alvin Kamara that you spent a ton of money on last year. None. That's a rough list right there. That's your top 10 week 16 running backs. 
That is exactly why this zero RB craze is going on. And, and, and it's all over Twitter. You see the high stakes market people that are posting their draft boards. Yep. It's a really popular, um, you know, plan of attack now for these guys. I just think people are going way too far over the edge. I, I think, you know, I, I, to counter totally. that, to be honest, guys, I, I think the, the one bell cow approach is tops that zero RB because you can get your bell cow in the first round, load up on receivers, and then you spend, you know, your your later part of the draft getting the collection of... It's tough to replace two backs in your starting lineup every week. You know, I saw somebody the other night post their high stakes draft and it was the first nine rounds were all receivers and a, t- and a tight end and their first running back was like J.D. McKissick, like their RB1. You can't win like that. I, I don't care. Everybody says, yeah, I'll work the waiver wire. I'll, you know, one of these guys benefit from an injury. It's just too much to overcome. Can you can you rely on that one big bell cow like an Alvin Kamara Every week, you know it's a set and forget. He's going to produce. And then hope for one back to, to pop while you have a great receiving core and your tight end is elite and you have a good quarterback. Yeah. So for me this year, that one bell cow system over the zero RB uh, you know, is definitely uh, uh, the way to go. You know, I just wanted to hit on something really quickly. And I mean, I just feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't. Um, Damian Harris, Vicaro, you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the bench guys you'd like to pick up. Hmm. Um, obviously with that trade of Sony Michelle to the Rams, that's uh, how high up, I just, how high up do you think he's going to go? We got him at 85 over the last week. He's already on the rise, Nando. He was going, you know, past ADP over a hundred, uh, you know, a couple weeks back, but you know, people are starting to look into this situation. They see a great, you know, top five offensive line that the Patriots have. They see Damian Harris is the lead dog. The reports are even getting better. He's climbing up more and more. His ADP is like late 80s now. But that was before this Sony, you know, Michelle getting traded out. I, I think he moves up another half round, maybe a full round. I think he settles into that 75-ish range because... Listen, running backs are getting a little, uh, you, you know, we just lost Travis Etienne. That's another back. So someone has to move up from that, you know, that next tier after that. I think Damian Harris is going to be that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, though, the number one thing you need to look out for is who is the starting quarterback in New England. That is the problem with Damian Harris's ceiling. If it's Cam Newton, there are no touchdowns. And he has James White. There are two strikes against him. That's why... Him going up the charts a little bit, uh, a round, sure. But if he's going up two, three rounds, then then you got to hope that they put in their rookie. Because otherwise, there's no ceiling here. There's just none. And, and that's th- been the problem with him this whole time, right? In terms of consistency and ceiling, we just don't have it with him. Um, I didn't think Sonny Michelle was a factor beforehand, so this doesn't really matter to me. I, I don't even know why people are acting like that was a big deal. I, I don't – were we thinking that – he was going to take a ton of stuff. I, I don't think so. So uh, to me, this is a quarterback issue still. And I will say that the I think the more impactful news for Damian Harris is that Cam Newton can't practice all week because he's in the COVID protocol. And this COVID protocol is going to keep coming up this year. I don't think we're talking that much about it. But, you know, to me, if this gives their rookie a, a – front row seat to being the starter eventually watch camp notes this week if he does well 
Then you move Damian Harris up. That's my opinion on it. Cam Newton's the ones, ta- you know, and, and James White, they're both tapping down that ceiling. Just too much for me. How are we looking at uh, Daryl Henderson? Uh, Vaccaro, is he, I mean, obviously, you know, this mm. kind of sucks a little bit, but I mean, Sony Michelle, running backs don't have to learn a system as quickly as, you know, if a wide receiver gets traded. How, uh, how badly do you think he's going to fall? And does this actually push him into the bench? I mean, we're talking a bench guy now. No, 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 no. Um, he's definitely going to fall, though. Um, probably, I'd say around, round and a half. People, you know, he was he was in that 15 to 20, uh, you know, RB 15 to 20 range um, after, obviously, the elite tier and the, after you get past the J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swifts of the world and Montgomery's, you know, Daryl Henderson was, was falling right in there, you know, because of the no competition, could catch the ball uh, out of the backfield. He was a top 50 overall pick. With uh, you know, with Sony coming in now, uh, Twitter, Twitter right now, the fantasy world seems to be very split on this. Off the bat, they think you know Schefter reports that you know Sony Michelle is going to come in and be the lead back. Well, if you if you believe that, well then Henderson is a no touch for you where he's going to go. Um, you know, right now off the board. And if you still think that Henderson's going to be you know have his his you know big role and, and catch the ball. Uh, and, and be on, be there on third downs, um, you know, be a PPR back, then uh, he's not going to fall too, too far. But uh, Michelle's definitely going to play a role. I mean, Henderson's got a bad thumb. I mean, that could just be yeah. like, all right. And listen, know, that's yeah. what I said this morning to, to a friend. I said, hey, listen, we still haven't gotten the results on Henderson. Maybe they made this move because we're about to hear some breaking news uh, that maybe the injury is, is worse. I know the results came back negative, but... You don't know if this is going to keep him out, uh, uh, you know, a couple weeks. Well, and you have to think, they already lost a stud running back. There's got to be some paranoia there. Like, at what point do you not get more backups just in case? Well, they have Xavier Jones, who looks good, and and the kid Funk. uh, You know, both guys were getting drafted, you know, in that, you know, 15, 16, 17 round for guys that weren't really believing in Daryl Henderson. That was what I was going to say. Those two guys. So they have the depth, but... Uh, you know, Michelle just comes into a crowded room right now. It's really a backfield that I want to avoid altogether. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I think Xavier Jones takes the biggest hit here because I think he was a big sleeper darling that a lot of people were like, he's going to be it. And that's great. Funk, I, not relevant now. And and to me, just they're, they're kind of like, oof, you know, just not, not a big deal. But if you waited on running back and then he's just sitting there and he drops to you in value – Henderson will be the guy. But again, this thumb, we'll just have to see what the deal is. And it may be, yeah, I think that, okay, it's negative. But if they're seeing that he's in pain, okay, because, you know, there's there's the, oh, well, everything's fine. But then they're like, okay, well, maybe there's something more to this. That's that's kind of how these things go is in layers. It's like there's the the actual testing and then there's the pain threshold and where where are we at with that? And then sometimes it reveals something else. So I agree. I think there's something going on here. While we're on the topic of negative results, uh, you know, yesterday morning we wake up and, and it's the Travis ETN news that, uh, you know, he's got a foot injury and he's going for test results, but the initial test results were negative. So mm-hmm. I yep. was like, all right, so he's going to miss a couple weeks. And then three hours later, all of a sudden he's out for the season. It was negative for a break, right? I mean, well, I, I really need to. Somebody sent me an article yesterday about, um, you know, Liz Franks. Because for me as a fantasy player, as soon as I hear the, um, the, the, the word Liz Frank, that's it. I'm out on that player. 
I've learned my lesson through the years with Liz Franks that as soon as I hear it, done, off my board. So even if he was going to just miss the four weeks that they initially said with a sprained Liz Frank or whatever, and then it became out for the season, I was done. I was already out on ETN. I have no shares. Same. Because James Robinson is an excellent fantasy football player, and congrats to everyone, myself included, who just thought, like, this guy's too excellent to not see the field. So, uh, you know, I think the only thing is the problem is we just can't get James Robinson at a discount anymore, and that sucks. But, yeah, those days know, are over. He's a top bye 36 bye. running back now. And, well, uh, Tavon Austin's and there, a, too. Uh, and anyway, Nando. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Laugh now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I do want to say this. That offense is rough. Okay? It looks rough. And I am James Robinson and no one else right now. I, They're going to have to drop, 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 drop for any value there. I really like LaVisca Chenault now. He he's now jumped on my radar because of the you know, the lack of losing Travis Etienne and all that short game passing work that Etienne was gonna pick up. I think that, you know, Chenault's the biggest benefactor of it. I he was already jumping back on my radar now, depending on how long DJ Chark is out. Um is the offense as crisp as it probably is gonna be midway through the season? No. Uh no. but I think Chenault is a real player in those middle rounds and someone that, uh, you know, people should be targeting. See, and I would target Marvin Jones because I think they need a, a veteran there in a way that's, like, painful. I mean, they really need his leadership. They need they need veterans big time. It, when I watch that offense, I say to myself, this is just lost. Uh, and so I think he's going to take a massive lead role there. I, 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 to me, that's who I would target late is Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, like, will not go away. He won't go not away. That it's, I mean, I'm he'll sure be he's a nice years guy in real life. He'll be there. Yeah, just Marvin Jones is going to get 800 yards somehow. And they're <laughs> all going to be, it's going to be front-loaded, so everyone just scrambles to get Marvin Jones after his 100-year-old, you know, 
12, 12 target, eight catch, 120 yard, two touchdown game. Yeah, he's 31 and a half right now. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I just feel like he has uh, that veteran kind of groundedness that they big time need. They're using him a lot in the preseason. Um, he knows you know, the system. For, you you know. don't need to love him. You don't need to love him. But if you're looking for just like some solid dude in the back, 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 back of your draft, uh, I think you could you could do a lot worse. Well, he's uh, 116 in ADP. I'm, I'm just running ADP on uh, NFFC from mm-hmm. August 20th until August 25th today. And, so that's about 77 up. drafts. Yeah, and, mo- and moving up. Well, look, we're talking about benches. Marvin Jones is, to me, the definition of kind of like boring. And almost like a safety net. And if I'm grabbing him from my bench, I'm like, all right, there will be some weeks where I can start him. And it just, I mean, I look at the players around him. Um, I don't like like Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown's 111. Nicole Hardman's 112. Jamal Williams, 115. Even Gus Edwards, 118. Devin Singletary, 119. Um, I'll even throw like Mike Gesicki in there at 121. And I just see like, there's just like all this exciting fun up. It's like these beautiful, tall, exciting flowers and then there's Marvin Jones, who's just like a couple blades of grass. What an analogy, Nanda. That's what I think of when I think of Marvin Jones as a tall, beautiful flower. Yes. Well, no, technically he's the blades of grass. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that's, yeah. that's right. I was. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's a, that's the. But Marvin Jones is the perfect example of of you know, like you said, you build your bench, and, and he's your wide receiver five. He's the old boring vet. And on a bye week or injury, whatever, you plug Marvin Jones in. He's good for his five for 60, maybe gets in the end zone, hopefully. But he's like your boring 12 points, you know? He's good old reliable. Brown is, you know, you make these plays that are like high upside. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe by week seven or eight, like, you know, maybe Hollywood Brown will be big by then. Maybe McCole Hardman will have found some kind of role in the offense that's giving him, you know, 12 to 14 points per game. Instead of just Marvin Jones, I got a guaranteed 10. Let, let me ask you both this because they're in similar ranges. Are you the type of players that you are in that spot in the draft and you can make your wide receiver five a Marvin Jones or you can make your wide receiver five one of the Moore brothers, the Elijah Moore or Rondell Moore? Do you want the home run upside pick with the rookie that could be, oh my God, here he is, Justin Jefferson? of last year or do you want the boring 12 points i mean i would i would probably go upside but i i think um i guess what's surprising to me is that marvin jones is one of those people that's been in double digit rounds in every draft i've been in so when i look at his adp numbers i wonder how that happened so i'm having a hard time answering the question because to me once we're in double digit rounds i like to have one solid dude for bye weeks and this is in full point PPR. This is the problem with full point PPR, right? Is that it makes people like Marvin Jones incredibly valuable because he's going to get five to eight points just on catches. They could go one yard, but it will happen, okay? So, yeah. And this is also where I get slot receivers, frankly, in full point PPR leagues is I get them really, really late and they're my fill-ins during the bye week. But I believe that anything double-digit in my opinion, is upside only because most of those dudes, if they aren't upside and they end up like cashing out, which by the way, I have had leagues where like literally all of them hit. That does happen sometimes. You're like, yes. 
But if they don't, who cares? You've dropped them for waivers, like literally the first week. I I think that when, you, when you're like, well, I could play them in bye week, you know, 10. Okay, but are they really going to be on your team week 10 still? And I think that if, once we get to that level all upside all upside all the time and so it's it's interesting to me I think it depends on what your leagues like but I think a lot of industry people stay away from guys like Marvin Jones because they are boring so and I do a lot of industry leagues and so <laughs> I think that maybe I'm biased here because I then I'm like okay well I'll collect him in round 11 or 12 like that's fine um, but I'm not going to do it in round eight or nine, which is where like what one eleven is, right? It's like between nine and ten. I the, no, I don't do single digit boring, N- single digit upside. You know what else is interesting is that Vaquero comes from a background where there are no trades, right? So like someone like Marvin Jones, you're looking at like he's on my team unless I make a free agent move. You and I, who play in a lot of leagues where you can trade, we could be looking at like a Henry Ruggs and say, well, if he blows up, I got a trade chip at the very least. You know, if he can't fit into my lineup. I've, you know, I've made a very good speculative buy low in this draft where I can trade him, whereas no one is ever going to trade for Marvin Jones. Never. I mean, there's no way you can dress him up. And I hate to, like, I mean... Unless you pair him guy, up in a work. deep league. Yeah, Pairing he's a throw-in. Deep league. Yeah, he's a throw-in. But when you see a throw-in like that, you're like, oh, this guy's trying to screw me over. He's just throwing in Marvin Jones. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. Fancy name. So it's... I, well, I just think it's a different. It's a different way of looking at things. Like the the league you're playing with, the rules you're playing in. Yeah, but I Marvin play, Jones I play has in, less value in ours. I play in plenty of home leagues with trading too, Nando. And what do you do? You devalue Marvin Jones there because? I mean, I, I think know, it's he, just the way you build your teams later on. It's you know, do you do you want to have the upside pick or do you want to have the safe boring pick? Do you have some safe do do? boring you, picks early, or do you? Is it, is it a lot of you know flashy upside names early or? You know, it, it all depends on the build. You I do Morris. boring early. I guess if that's the question, I do more boring early where I'm like, I know this person's solid. This person is definitely the starter. This person is definitely the dude. And then from 10 on, around 10 on, I'm like a, a, a wild lady. I'm just going to grab what I want. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get it. Uh, but but before then, I I do kind of go with, yeah, this person is a starting player which I you know I guess now is risque to say that I want a starter but uh, I do and uh, I think they're going to score a lot of points and I just go with that and I think that there are so many good players in the first nine rounds I don't think I have to swing for the fences there to feel good about my draft Um, but rounds 10 on game over like I really I just pick people I think are going to be awesome because otherwise they're just not going to be on my team and that's fine and I have zero regrets you know, you know who, uh, actually, hold on, I'm going to hold the thought that I just had because I wanted to get in. No, you know, screw it. Hunter Renfro has fallen so far and I don't understand why. And <laughs> just that's Brandon that's, last night. <laughs> that's the, all right. So thank you. Like, that's exactly who I thought, like in my brain, I'm like, that's my Hunter Renfro problem right there. Like no one's drafting him. His ADP's fallen into like the two hundreds and I don't understand why. Like I look at Cole Beasley and I look at Hunter Renfro and I'm like, same guy. kind of the same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. No. Well, because he wasn't great last year. But I do think that this, it's it's actually um, my problem with Kenyon Drake, is I think this is going to be slot receiver year. So yeah. I, you know that that to me, I think that Renfro is going to take a big leap this year, and that they're going to finally start using their slot receivers the way they should. But they they didn't before though. That's why I mean last year was not good. He was not yeah. good. There's no getting around it. 
Um, but he's just someone who's super solid and the team really loves. And he's just, he's been building, building, building. And certainly, I think he'll get a little bump now that he like supposedly, you know, owned Jalen Ramsey in a practice and everyone's having fun with that. And that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think that this is the year myself. But, you know, you're taking a little bit of a gamble. But when it's your last pick, who cares? Again, I drop Hunter Renfro or he's awesome. Who cares? Like, it's one That's or the it. other. And I don't understand when people get all like, ooh, you know, is this a good pick? Uh, yo, get, get someone you think is going to be great. And it's, if it's full point PPR, these slot receivers in the last two rounds of your draft, they're value. Because they're going to have a higher ceiling and they have the possibility of being the touchdown dude, especially if it's a quarterback that likes to dump off. Yeah, it's like him or Jamison Crowder, like another boring guy. You know yep. what I mean? Like, or A.J. Green, I guess. Like, what, you know. Jamison Crowder is just getting no love, no buzz at all. It's like I he's a completely forgotten. He's just a completely forgotten man. And um, it's funny. You go through drafts and you don't even see him drafted. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I literally had it in my notes where I was like, we need to talk about Jameson Crowder. And I just, I want to talk about him all the time because, you know, and also like Zach Wilson doesn't look terrible, right? So what if this is actually like a functional offense? I didn't say fabulous, functional. And we got this guy here who just, I mean, you know, Jameson Crowder was excellent. Excellent. Very good football player. I don't understand. I'm with you. Taking him all Jameson the time. Crowder's- only 28 years old. Sit on that one for a minute. I think I think the public thinks that maybe he's an end of camp cut to save money, uh, turning this offense over. You see that Wilson already has you know the chemistry and rapport with Corey Davis, who they brought in. Free agency gave him a ton of money. You have Elijah Moore, who you know the world loves, and uh, you know the same thing. Working with Wilson all off season, um, so. If you got those two guys right there as the one and two, you know, they, they also have Mims. I don't know what role he's going to play. Um, you know, what is Crowder going to play, the third or fourth fiddle? Maybe there is a reason why he's you know, goes all the way at the end of drafts or undrafted at all. Maybe he's just a phase-out. But kid, the guy, you know, Jamison Crowder, we've seen it for years. He's a talented player when he can stay on the field because he's always banged up. You used to love him, man. I did. I always loved Crowder. I, Crowder wow. always found his way on teams, you know? Yeah. I was excited. I Was it last No, maybe two years ago, opening game of the season, he caught like 14 balls versus the Buffalo Bills. And I was yeah. like, I was all in on him. I was like, thank God, I'm right on this one. He's on 80% of my teams. He's going to be an absolute beast. And then he was hurt like all season long. So for one, for one game, I was uh, right. I got an off the tracks question for you. Then we're gonna get into quarterbacks. But I got just a random. You're uh, you own a bar in New York City, the Greenwich Street Tavern. Amazing bar, awesome wings, better boneless wings in this man's estimation. <laughs> what what football Sunday is gonna look like this year? You got a bunch of restrictions, right? What's it gonna look like? I think I I, I hope it's gonna be uh, out of control. It's gonna be bumping, right? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be bumping. Can... I don't I don't see uh, any reason why. I mean, the last our football Sundays have always been rocking, so. Hopefully this year. Now we have an outside, uh, you know, patio and everything with all TV set up outside. So nice. all systems go. What are the drink specials? Uh, we have a full drink menu. I'll send it to you, Nando. I don't think the listeners oh, want to hear it. I think they, if they're coming to New York during football season, they're on a Sunday, swing by the Greenwich Street Tavern. Okay. Say hi to Chris Vaccaro. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Don't you have Coors Buckets for like 35 bucks? Wasn't that a thing? Yes. All right. All right. Look it up on the website. Let's go to quarterbacks. <laughs> 
Chris Vaccaro wrote a column last week. Chris has been doing a lot of like team building things. And that's kind of a little bit of the inspiration for this because, you know, you're building a team, half your team is the bench. And I don't think a lot of people talk about how you actually strategize your bench. Um, but you wrote this, you actually kind of taught me something. And uh, I want to let you know. Never that. stop learning, Nanda. Even well, you're if, about the even way you it's from your buddy. The way you draft quarterbacks. So here's, I'm just going to pull it right out of what you wrote. Okay. I see this a lot lately. Everyone wants to get their hands on Trey Lance or Justin Fields this year. I have no issue with that, but here are two ways to attack them. One, wait on QB until the back end of the top 12 tier is gone, and then put a Tannehill Burrow type with one of them for the upside mm -hmm. if your QB1 struggles. Mm -hmm. Two, draft Fields Lance first, and then wait and take a Matt Ryan Kirk Cousins type, a solid steady vet, later to hold down the fort until it's time to unleash the kids and go for it all. It doesn't make much sense or take your team to another level if you have a top 7 QB and then follow him up with one of the rookies, because if the rookies turn out to be what you hope, then what? You have to sit in your stud QB that you took early? Just the way I'm playing it. There you go. Um, yeah, I'd never strategized like that before. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I only take one quarterback, and maybe that's why. Like, I'm not a two-quarterback guy. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Brandon's a two-quarterback girl. But you are. You're a two-quarterback guy. So I just, I, I never really thought about yeah. Drafting two quarterbacks and the intricacies of how you think about it. Well, again, uh, you know, to that point, you know, it's the type of leagues you're also playing in. You know, when you're in 20 round leagues, you know, you're always going to see everybody draft two quarterbacks. Some people even drafting three in the high stakes market. But in home leagues, I still draft two quarterbacks. You know, the only time I won't draft maybe a second quarterback is if I'm the Mahomes or Josh Allen owner. And then it's nothing more than a, you know, round 19, round 20, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr type like that. But if we're on the topic of how to draft the kids this year in Fields and Lance, yeah, that's the thing. Because I see a lot of people, they'll draft, uh, you know, Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray. And seven rounds later, they take Trey Lance. Like, if Trey Lance is the bomb, you know, and everybody wants Trey Lance on their team— what are you going to do with Trey Lance? You're the Kyler Murray owner. Like, he's your guy. He's your starter. What are you going to do? Take off your fifth-round pick, put him on the bench because Trey Lance is lighting the world on fire? You know? It, so I see that mistake. That's why if I'm going into the draft and, you know, if it's your strategy to try and get one of these kids— that's the way I see it. That's the two approaches right there. You either move up a little bit, make sure you build around a Trey Lance, Justin Fields, then wait and, and then get your solid vet in the Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, because you're fully expecting to turn this fantasy team over to Lance or Fields or Trevor Lawrence, who I don't know why he doesn't get as much love and hype as the Lance and Fields of the world. But for Lance and Fields... You're, you're drafting them with the expectation that in week two or three, they're your lead dog. They're, they're your guy at the quarterback position on your team. And, you know, then you can let Cousins go or, or Ryan and then let them sit on the bench. But that's the, that's the strategy behind drafting these upside rookie quarterbacks. And it's like risky. It. It's risky because you and at least half of your league mates are targeting the same two players at the same ADP rounds. So it becomes a game of chicken. That's what I'm saying. Who's going to take them off the boards? And it's happening earlier and earlier because people are in love. And that's fine. Have your love affair. I think that the most successful way to do it is you take them earlier and then you get one of the, like you said, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, whatnot. Um, I, you know, or you wait until Tua or Carson. 
once, right? You could you could wait that long, I guess, if you wanted to, and you could be like, okay, I'm going to look at these two dudes to start with them instead if you want to wait. But but the idea, but you're still going to have to move up quite a bit because someone else is also planning to move up for them. And then if they're taken, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Then, then you, don't, you have to have another plan. So this is my problem with going in with these specific people that I'm targeting. If they're gone, what do I do now? And then you got to be comfortable with whatever is after there because the Tannehills of the world are going to be gone just before then. Then the, then the Trey Lance that Justin Fields is going to be gone. And then what do you got? Okay, and that's going to be your starter. And then you don't even have the upside of those two dudes. So you got to make sure you're timing it correctly because not getting them and not getting the Tannehill or above is going to cost you. So you've got to keep your eye on it and and just you have to go early. You're going to have to go early on those two guys. That's why I'm not doing it. I mean, I, I think I'll have probably 0% Justin Fields and Trey Lance teams because this is just too much of a game of chicken for me and people are just too in love and I'm not willing to pay that price. I'm, I'm not willing to do it. But if you are, please do not get cute with your ADP. You're going to have to go. Which is funny. And so in the last couple days of drafts, now the draft season is heated up, the last three days, ADP-wise, Trey Lance comes off the board a full round before Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill. He is now, Trey Lance hype has gotten out of control, and he's now the QB12 in NFFC high-stakes drafts. Burrow and Tannehill come in 13 and 14. So the strategy of you know waiting late, seeing everybody on the board have their starting quarterback, you get into that 10th and 11th, quarterback range you see that you see that you know everyone else has a quarterback now you got to go in and go get your burrow or Tannehill. uh you know those days are over it's you have to actually kind of flip it people are moving up the board to get lance and then back him up with burrow and Tannehill. exactly that's what i'm saying though but if you look basically what happens is that trey lance has gone off the board and then immediately the next two people take burrow and Tannehill. Because it's, it's it's like a domino effect right now. So you, they're not going to be there. If you miss Lance, you're going to miss Tannehill. You're going to miss Burrow. Next dude's almost taking fields. And then all of a sudden, where are you? Right. I, I where, just want to exactly. say, that's where the problem. Are you? You, better, you better really you better like hit. some of those quarterbacks late veteran-wise and be comfortable with a Cousins to a... Uh, you know, uh, tr- uh, did I say Trevor Lawrence? I'm sorry. I don't remember. Yeah, but, yeah. You sure. know, that, that range, Matt Ryan... You better be comfortable with your team, you know, having one of those four quarterbacks or a combination of those four or five quarterbacks, because then you start getting a little, you know, a little dicey. Yeah. So if you're at the wrong part of your draft, you could miss all four of those players. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. If you're in the wrong part of whenever that that little chain starts, you got problems. So, and, and that's fine. Just just have your backup plan. But but I'm just saying, it, what what's happening right now is that the Lance and Fields things are are driving the whole middle quarterback section and you're not alone so get comfortable with other options that's that's all i'm saying and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free direct tv gives you access to apps like netflix and live sports right next to each other i don't get it let me put it in pigeon terms it's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place how am i supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry get live tv and streaming apps together without a satellite visit directtv.com 
Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to talk real quick. I wanted to talk about it last week. And then these rookie quarterbacks, you know, the whole fantasy world is on fire. Everyone's talking about Trey Lance and Justin Fields. That's everyone's main topic in the fantasy community. But why isn't anybody talking about Zach Wilson? And why does he go completely undrafted as the one guy that's going to be starting on day one? He's in a decent offense with an absolutely terrible defense. So, you know, why does he go undrafted and nobody talks about Wilson when, you know, I, I understand the upside is tremendous with Fields and, and, and Lance, but Zach Wilson should be getting drafted in my opinion. The kid passes the eye test 100%, was drafted before the other two. Um, you know, wh- what are we doing here? I don't I don't understand. It's kind of my Sam Darnold thing. Like I, I was saying a month ago, why doesn't Sam Darnold get drafted in, in uh, you know, drafts? He's got three really good receivers. He's got a monster PPR back in an offense that's going to put points on the board. So those two guys, if you want to wait really late and play QB chicken and you get screwed out of that whole tier we just talked about, I don't have a problem with those two guys as, as a quarterback. About Daniel Jones, uh, the reports are just too bad, and and, oh, and I'm sorry, your boy Daniel Jones. Listen, you're gonna go to war with Daniel Jones, and for me, as a Giants fan, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. I thought I you were a Jets fan. Uh, wow, get to know your friends. <laughs> I'm joking, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's Needle Vaquero Day. Mm-hmm. I I think the problem is is that. Uh, Zach Wilson has an athletic skill set, but he isn't as uh, predominantly running quarterback as the Lance Fields things, right? Sure, so, but like, he's not a statue like, either. He's not a statue. Oh, I either. agree, mm-hmm. and I think that's. I think it's being undercut. I think it's a Ryan Tannehill situation where if you actually look at what Ryan Tannehill does with his feet, he's one of the better quarterbacks. He actually, he's not a running quarterback. No one would ever call him that. Mm-hmm. But but look at what he's doing on his feet for fantasy. And if Zach Wilson can replicate that in any which way, shape, or form, you're completely right. And I think that certainly the floor for Zach Wilson is way higher because, A, he's actually the starter. And then, uh, B, his team wants him to be the starter. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, uh, these other teams want to hold back these guys for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the real football issue here or reasoning, but the for the fantasy reasoning, I don't love it. I don't love this concept. But, hey, people are doing it, and that's fine. But I'm with you. I think that Zach Wilson, I have him as my third quarterback in super flex leagues, I think like three times, and I feel great about it. Yeah, I, I was a big Zach Wilson best ball uh, drafter as my third quarterback because I don't know why in best ball people don't draft. I see too many best ball builds all summer long with just two quarterbacks. And to me, it just, I don't understand people's strategy with that. You know, Same. I'll draft four and five quarterbacks. Like, there's no, you don't set a roster. So 
you know, in 35 round drafts, pile on some starting quarterbacks. As many starting quarterbacks you can get on your roster late, do it. You know, you don't have to set it. Really? Yes, absolutely. Right. I'll always have four starting quarterbacks on my draft champion teams for football. How many defenses? Uh, two. See, I do three defenses. Well, I mean, we could we could get into that, but I mean, we could we could do a best ball show next week if you if that's your well, request. best ball season's over. Pretty uh, best much. ball will be done. Yeah, you're best right. Best ball Good season's point. done. We should do it. We could do one. We could do one. Uh, you know, a one minute timer one. Mm. Three of us DVR. We grab some other people. We could do a one minute timer regular draft. I haven't done yet. Uh, come on, Brandon. Who's got time to set lineups? <laughs> do you? <laughs> no. Vaquero might on the beach. On the beach. Yeah. He's having a good life. I've never met someone who loves setting lineups as much as Chris Vaccaro. I really He's do. the greatest fantasy partner. Uh, this is the best world. time of the season. I, I literally have a draft. Other next, I'm taking a nice little short vacation, and then I come back, and I think I have a draft 17 nights in a row. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to do I, I don't do wait. a lot of early drafts, though, but yeah. <clears throat> this is my season, too. I agree. I, I, I understand the love for early drafts, and they're really great, but it's... Mostly best ball, and it's more practice, in my opinion. I know that sounds terrible, but all of my my home leagues, my money leagues, everything is is now, and I love it. Shout out to NFFC, by the way, for sponsoring the Athletic Best Ball Challenge. Yeah. Speaking of which. There you go. Uh, yeah, or sponsoring nice or supplying, supplying the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, I think we ended with like 1,500, maybe 2,000 people playing. Wow. We had to cap it at 2,000. Really? Nice. I don't know if we hit that number, but I mean, like, I think after day one, we had 800, so. Fantastic. We hadn't even pushed it yet. So yeah, NFFC is good stuff. By the way, don't get in. I I feel like we got to remind people once in a while, like don't get intimidated by like Vaquero high stakes life because you can get drafts for like twenty five bucks in there. Yes, no, that, I mean that's the thing. Yeah. Like I I know I talk high stakes and and everything like that, but you know these high stakes markets they have price points at every price point twenty five dollar leagues, fifty dollar leagues, a hundred wherever you're comfortable playing. You know all the way up to yeah the 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 high dollar amounts, but. Um, there's something for everybody and all types of formats too. There's keeper leagues now. There's you know the draft champions, the cut lines, the ten team cut lines, the twelve team leagues. So there's something for everybody in the high stakes market. Um, don't get scared away because of the high stakes, um, you know, term. It it's also a really good way to get used to the settings. So you can do a, a you know a year at twenty five, and then next year you do fifty or whatever, and then you get more and more confident because you are more in tune with those league settings because each of them have different settings. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you understand. I'm going to preach that all year. I always say know your league settings. It's incredibly important, um, and then you can just kind of work it up, and then it's not intimidating at all. Also, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. Um, I, I put a list of players down here who were between like 80 and 144 as we kind of just wrap up the show. Um, bang, do, bang, boom. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, well, we got Antonio Brown. Since Ficaro doesn't have a copy of the rundown, it's Antonio Brown, Damian Harris, Michael Gallup, Kenyon Drake, Corey Davis, uh, Marquise Brown, Devin Singletary, Philip Lindsay, Marquez Calloway, uh, who's probably shooting up this list anyway as we speak, mm-hmm. and Rashad Penny. Um and it just seemed like a group of players, as I was going down that list, I'm like, they're just interesting and maybe not exactly, like, lightning rods might be giving them too much credit, but I think they have split, like, Michael Gallup, right, for instance, Brandon, like, Michael Gallup, I don't get him, or what his value is, it seems like he could wildly swing into, like, there's still, I mean, there's still a shot he could be Dallas's number one receiver, but there's also a shot he could be, like, Dallas's number four, 
right? Is like, there a is shot that... for him to be number one? No, there I, isn't. I, Don't no, listen to no. Really? It's, it's, no. You don't no. think so? No. No, no it's either mm. CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper, mm. and the only way that, that it's not CeeDee Lamb is if he gets hurt, in my opinion. It's probably going to be CeeDee Lamb. Then it's Amari Cooper, who's going to be just a solid vet that's always catching balls. You do you, Amari. Good for you. Uh, and then and then it's Gallup, which is why, to me, Gallup is a is a, a non-starter. To me, the, the obvious ones in this list that I'm definitely drafting everywhere is Corey Davis. I think that's been quadruple proven. You know, I mean, every preseason, I think every, I think every Corey camp. Davis, I, I don't he's understand. unanimous here. Yeah. Right? He's unanimous on this show. Well, do you have eyes? Do you watch football? The answer is Corey Davis. And then the next one's Philip Lindsay. Sorry, guys. Oof. That is the running back to take late. I, I don't know how he's going this late still. I don't get it. Oof. I don't know about that one, Brandon, but we'll I guess no. we'll let the season play out. I'm telling you, that man's work ethic is insane. I'm telling and you. And I know that, that he had a tough Saturday garbage. night, but I'm 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 all in. All right. I'm all in. All right. Uh I, listen, real quick, you with all the names that stood out to me, you know, obviously Antonio Brown and Gallup, very I'm bringing it up because it's very similar situations, right? We have big time offenses. They're looked at as the number 3 in their offense. Why you're drafting these guys at where they're going is first off you know, they're going to play a nice role in both their offenses. They're going to contribute and be solid players in your fantasy lineup standalone. But man, oh man, if a Godwin or Evans went down or a Lamb or Cooper goes down, misses time, everything, these guys get elevated into wide receiver two territory on your fantasy team. So there's kind of, you know, they're already in the great offenses. They're one step away from being the big home run pick to me. What is what is the downside of Michael Gallup? Because like he's a year removed from 1,100 yards. I know Ceedee Lamb. Wasn't the downside there that is year, last year. I mean, yeah, you're getting still Dak 100 back, targets but, last year. you know he could be the third fiddle in the offense, and he could be the four for 40 guy every week. That's the downside. But you know he's he's moving into the slot a lot. They're moving him around. Last year he was just the guy to line up outside, send him down the field every single time, while Cooper and Lamb ate underneath and and got all the targets and everything and Gallup would just get the deep ball thrown to him here and there and then you know obviously Dak goes down in week four or five and the season falls apart for Gallup as well Uh, but if you remember coming into last season Gallup was you know everyone's darling everybody loved trying to get their hands on Gallup so yeah but that was before but what people didn't know was that C.D. Lamb was going to be what he is going into last year so, um, you know, that's uh, the re- yeah. The reason why no one wants them is because only three times all last season in half point PPR. OK, was he above wide receiver 34? Yeah, it was a disaster. Only three times. Yeah. So, like, it's hard to trust someone like that. And that's why I don't understand. Number 95. No, he's double round dude only to me. I understand that if something were to happen to someone, but I'm not going to count on that. Uh, I don't I don't like to draft counting on someone getting hurt. And I think that if if I'm going to do that, it's going to be Antonio Brown over Gallup because, for instance, Pro Football Focus actually um, gave a grade uh, you know, the overall grades of 2020 for all the wide receivers. Antonio Brown actually graded out as the 10th best in the entire league. You know, I mean, and, and it's it's an interesting thing where he he's still a, a pretty 
you know, excellent football player, uh, you know, you know, in terms of like during his last four games this season, they had their bye week late. Remember, it was week 13 last year. Uh, he scored over 13 points per game in PPR leagues all but once. And that time it was 9.9 points. That's not like great. But if we're talking about guys that can fill in, the problem is he's going at 83. Right. He also has zero drops. I mean, he does still have the skill set. But the, the other two people ahead of him, it's just, it's hard. So to me, if I could get him in the double-digit rounds, then yeah. Again, but I think that the perception of where they're going is the problem. It's not that there's not potential there, that they could break out. But I don't want to have to take him as a starter, basically. Eight, number 83, that's the seventh round. No, no, no. I'm not taking the wide receiver three no, on any team in the seventh round. He, he goes even higher than that in the high stakes, Margo. He goes in the 60s. Yeah, he goes in the 60s now in every every high stakes draft. People are, you know, they're betting on the Ugh. talent. So it's If you read Chris's uh, column today, Antonio Brown's surging. Yeah. Big time. Is that because the other two people stopped playing football? I don't understand. Well, it's because of the offense. You got a legend. <laughs> Look, I can make the same argument with Gallup. I think, can Gallup be a sleeper or is he too good to be a sleeper? No, it's I, I don't know. Anybody that's getting drafted in the top 100 is not a sleeper. So let's put that to, to rest. You don't make these rules. Well, <laughs> yeah. on this show, I do. To me, do, I, I think sleepers <laughs> are double-digit rounds. I mean, <laughs> I agree. I, I even go farther than that. I think it's double-digit rounds or like no-go. I, I think that the problem, though, is that I the last time I looked, I'll, I'll look again, but I think it's been 20 years since there's been three wide receivers in the top uh, 25. Mm, it's tough to do. From a single yeah, team. No, it's tough to and do. So what we're saying is that either Godwin or Evans is not going to be in the top 25. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a stretch to me. And I'm, to me. I'm going to see what Michael Gallup's player prop is on the betting sites. Michael Gallup is a perfect player for you, Nando. He really this is. is. Now this is really your No, guy. Darius Slayton. <laughs> Darius Slayton, who was in the rundown. That's the perfect player for Nando. That's not, don't, don't give him Michael Gallup. Give him Darius Slayton. Uh, it really is Dante Foreman, though. And maybe a little Tavon Austin. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that next week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. During yeah. Our best Next show. week, you know, we'll be right in the heart of draft season. Uh, you know, and uh, like I said, this is it. We're we're here now. So uh, get ready for all your drafts, people. Uh, hopefully, we helped you. And um, you know. Next week, it's okay, go Thanks time. for joining us, everybody. Well, Chris just brought us out. We, yeah, and also, <laughs> I, I just wanted show. to throw I in, it was in the original. Nando, huh? I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I just caught myself done. like I was wrapping up <laughs> the show. I was like, yeah. wait, what Make am sure I doing? Make sure you check out theathletic.com. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because next week's show, we will be Shout right in the heart Manscaped. of draft week. So it's it's here. It is. I did want to say, though, in the um, joke uh, outline, I do want to give Josh Palmer a, a high five. I'm drafting him everywhere. And um, the note next that, to it was, I, I know really nothing about him. Yeah, I, wrote, <laughs> I did that just <laughs> to get him really angry. I, <laughs> I can't believe how much time you put into that. You wrote a 20-person fake rundown. We should, just to I try wish there was a way to off. post this somewhere. It's so funny, this fake rundown. It's oh really good. I think I could post it on Twitter. Darius Slayton. Has everyone forgotten about him? 246 <laughs> ADP? Double exclamation point? Oh it's a beautiful thing, it Dondo. Really it was a beautiful, Thank beautiful you. joke. I give you, Thank I, you very I, much. I, like I said, I give you credit for it. The joke was solid. I said, are we really going to do a show off all these names? <laughs> Wayne Goleman. 
Khalif Raymond. I think that was the best Khalif one. Khalif Raymond, yeah. Khalif Raymond. I said, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Absolute burner. Some also these, can play slot. Yeah. Some of these, some of these not. I actually don't know if he can also play the slot. In, in, real, in, know, re, in reality, we could have talked. You know, Donovan People Jones is a hot name that, you know, right. I think he could be the number three in Cleveland. Uh, and you don't know how Beckham's going to be early in the season coming off his injury. So. You know, he's dominating camp. Donovan Peoples-Jones is like the, you know, the preseason MVP. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, we got to go. You already closed the show, man. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Michael Gallup, over 875.5. Sure. That's DraftKings. I'd go under. I'm going to go over. Okay, we'll do a show like that. Anyway, we got we to <laughs> go. Uh, Chris, take us out. It's your birthday. It's your birthday week. Take us out. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in next week where Nando will bring you the uh, list of top uh, you know, players over the ADP of 300 to discuss. That was kind of weak. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. Bye. That's why I don't do it. <laughs>